Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, If Ye Shall Say to This Mountain, it shall be focused on a study of Mark chapter 11. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, to know that You've taught us to have faith in Thee, and to, that if we shall say to this mountain, be moved and not doubt in our hearts, we shall have whatever we have asked for. So we come before Thee, the throne of grace with confidence, asking for our needs and those of our loved ones, knowing, Father, that You said, if you give your earthly children good gifts, how much would your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who are looking for it? We pray, Father, for any among us listening who have not known you in the power of your resurrection. May today be their day of visitation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Mark chapter 11. Chapter 11. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him, and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and found the colt tied by the door without, in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye, loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strawed them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Blessed be the kingdom of our father David, that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and into the temple. And when he had looked around about, upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it, and they come to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple, and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedst is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And they come again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests, and the scribes, and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Perfect Faith. This was preached in 1963 on August the 25th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 26 up to paragraph 35 and then begin from paragraph 112 up to paragraph 159. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now, we want to speak now upon faith and a different type of faith. Perfect faith. That's a great thing. Now, faith, we're told in the Bible, faith cometh by hearing. Now, you cannot be saved without faith. And faith is something that you have to believe is there, that really nothing else will declare it's there but faith. Now, I'm trying to bring faith to you so that you can be ready for this prayer line in the next few minutes. Now, faith, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And it's impossible to, to please God without faith. You cannot please Him. And if you say you believe God, you have never seen Him. See? Right. So then you've got to believe it by faith. And if you could see Him, it would be no more faith. See? Anything that the senses declare is no more faith. It's a scientific fact. See? It's not no more faith, but you have to accept Him by faith. And he that cometh to God must believe God, and faith comes by Hearing the word of God. Amen. See, you must first believe this is God's word. And you must come to God by the word. Amen. See, just take the word, what it says, and that's right. Everything else contrary to it is not right. Abraham had to believe just what that voice told him. And when he was 100 years old, 25 years later, he was stronger believing than he was 25 years ago when it was given to him. He believed it. 
And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise to God, knowing that he was able to perform what he promised. That's the way everyone must be that way. You must come with an unfailing faith, believing that God made the promise. But now you have to be in a position to have that faith, and that's what we're going to talk on. To receive that faith. In Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, we are told that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, here's where many people fail to receive their healing or what they're asking for because they take faith to be something that it is not. See, they don't believe it. it it's, um, it, it's not a, uh, imagination. It is a actual substance. Yeah. Now, listen close. See, it is not what you imagine. It's just as real to you as any sense of your body will declare anything else. It's just as real as my eyes says this is a piece of paper. It's just as real as to say that that, that is a light. It's just as real as to say I feel my coat. It's just as real as to, as I hear that baby talking uh, there or making its noise. See? It's just that real as music playing. It's just as real as I taste anything in my mouth. It is that real, only you can't show it to somebody else. You have it alone. Amen. It's yours. Faith is the substance. Amen. See? It's not just a myth. So many people come. Now, these are real deep lessons. And I'll catch the top of it, and then you dig down in it. Notice. It is something that you possess. Not imagination. You really have it. It's just as real to you as any other thing that could be. It's just as real as as you know that that you're riding your automobile. It's just as real as you know that you're sitting in the church. It's just as real as you hear my voice. It is a substance. Not an imagination, not an emotion. But something that you have, and it comes to you by hearing the Word of God in that only. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That puts it back to where your faith then is not in some individual. It's not in a man. It's not in an organization. It's not in a group of people. It's in God because God is the Word. Amen. Your faith is in God. Faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Then when God, by His Word, not for what somebody else did, somebody else said, but by what God's Word said, He said, let every man's word be a lie, and mine be true. Now you see somebody else do something by a word act of God, or promise of God, And many of them say, I can do that too. It's an imagination. And when they do, you find them wrecked up out there somewhere. It's got to be a substance. Now that is potentially a faith. That is something that would bring you to a faith. 
It's potentially like if you ask me for an oak tree and I give you an acorn. Potentially you have an oak tree, but it hasn't produced itself yet. But when it really brings itself out, it is an oak tree. And when you imagine that God does this, but when it's revealed to you, it's a faith then. A perfect faith that cannot fail. Jesus lived in a world that no one knows about. He was an odd person. He lived in a world of perfect faith in the perfect God in which he was. If we lived in a perfect faith of a Christian of what we are, we'd be a mystic to the world. The people wouldn't understand you. You'd walk in the Spirit. What the Spirit said you would do, what it forbids you not do, then the people get to say, there'd be a, a mystic person to them. That's the way it is to all believers. They're mystics. The people don't understand because they live in a world to themselves. Jesus lived in a world that nobody else could touch. The disciples couldn't understand him. When he spoke to them, they say this, and they say, well, you, you're talking riddles. We, we don't understand this. How can this be? See, they wasn't in the world that he lived in. See, they couldn't understand him. Nobody could understand him. And so when a man lives by faith and walks by faith, I mean substance faith, he is isolated from the entire world and becomes a new creature in Christ. There, now you're getting into bride material. Amen. You're getting into rapture condition now. That means for each one of us. Amen. Not just the pastor. Deacons, trustees, that means for the laity. Amen. Every individual walks in a world God alone. You're baptized into this kingdom. And there's nobody in there but you and God. He gives orders and you pack them out. Whatever he says, there's not a shadow of doubt nowhere. You walk right on. The Lord says this, there's nobody in the world can talk you out of it. You walk right on into pain. Now, you're coming into perfect faith. Perfect perfection that cannot fail. That faith never fails. Yes, he was a mystic to them. With his perfect faith, and so is it now with those who have perfect faith, are mystic to others. We are taught to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Now, to resist is to just simply turn down. And just resist him. That is, just walk away from him. God said a certain thing, no matter what he's trying to tell you, you don't even listen to him. Yeah, your ears are deaf to anything else but what the Spirit says. See, he that has an ear that listens, See what the Spirit says unto the churches. The one that's got the listening post that catches what the Spirit says to the churches. See? What Satan says, well, now, this can't, that don't have nothing to do. Well, if you teach that to the denomination, that don't have nothing to do with it. It goes right on just the same. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, in the Bible, it's always constantly saying that. To him that has faith, to he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. He that has wisdom, let him count the numbers of the beast. All these different things, he that has, let him tell it to the rest of them that they might have. And that's about faith we're talking about now. Faith that you've got to have, that perfect faith. That faith that says yes. There's nothing you say no. When God says yes. When he says yes, it's yes. Nothing else can ever take it from him. With his perfect faith, he was very strange. And... The devil didn't stay around him very long. We got it in the lesson this morning. 
when he come with that great big uh, fluffle of, of intellectual conception, he fluffled up against Jesus there when he come to find out he hit a 10,000 volt line. And brought him right back again. <laughs> yes, sir. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He got a shock then. He come a little softer the next time. One said, oh, you're a great man. You puff yourself up here and be somebody. They get behind me, Satan. Oh, my. What he meant. I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He, he proved himself unto Satan that he was the Lord God. Amen. For it is written, thou shall not tempt now, if Satan didn't know that that was the Lord God, he said, wait a minute, you're not that person. But he knows better than the Bedeans. He knows what ground to stand on. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And that's who he was. Amen. And Satan knows better than to say that because Jesus' works had already proved that he was the Lord thy God. Notice. Now, another. Perfect faith is a master of all circumstances. Perfect faith masters all circumstances. No matter what it is, it masters it. Now just watch. When you believe anything, do anything, and you've got faith in what you're doing, no matter what the circumstances, that don't have one thing to do with it. See? It masters that circumstance. If it's in a, a room of sickness, and the Lord's reveal that this certain thing's going to happen, you just speak it and go on. Uh, da, da. Just don't ask any questions. It's already over. Just keep going. See? It masters all circumstances. Amen. Well, if you do this, uh, uh, so and so sort of do it, that, see, it already got it mastered. See? Faith believes that God will work it out. I don't know how to go do it, but to do it anyhow. See? It masters all circumstances. And faith and love is relation. Because you can't have faith unless you've got love, because your faith is in a God who is the very essence of love. Faith and love works together. Here, just like a young couple. You take a young man, a young woman, and they, love, they fall in love with one another. And as they go along and begin to know one another more, their hearts just begin to beat as one. See? They're, they're, yes, they're not husband and wife, but their love binds them together, and they have confidence in one another. Now, if they really love one another, really love, and you know that this girl loves you, and, and she knows that you love her, You've got confidence, faith in one another. You've got faith in one another. If you didn't, you better not marry them. Notice you've got to have faith. And you separate them and put one extreme south and one extreme north. They still that love for each one another no matter where they're at. They're just as true to one another as they can be. Because they love one another. And if you love the Lord, it's not trying to dodge hell, but you love the Lord, then you have faith in God. If you love him, like a, a young girl just happened here in Louisville not long ago, a woman, she was a, she's been a Christian for many years, but her husband had just fell in love, she fell in love with this man, he had been a Christian a couple of years, and so they got married, they loved and had confidence in one another, and they got married, and so the woman said to the man, said, hubby, it must be hard on you, you're just a young Christian. You've had so much to go through with drinking, is what it was. Said, you've had so much to go through with. And said, I know you're about to be tempted awfully hard. And said, I want you to know one thing now. Now, if you happen to fall, if you happen to, to fall into temptation and uh, is overcome, don't stay away from home. You come on back. You come right here because I'm going to be right here waiting for you. And I'm going to help you pray through again until you get victory. 
I'm going to stay with you. Because when I married you, I married you because I loved you. No matter what you are, I still love you. Two days after that, he was eating his lunch with the fellows down in the bar room. He was telling them about, so now, how could a man ever do anything wrong when somebody knows you like that? There you are. How, how could you trespass that confidence? And when we were sinners, alienated without God, in the world, in that muck of mud as I talked about this morning, God come to us. Amen. God sought you. You never sought God. No man can come to me except the Father draws him first. And God came down in that muck what you were and sought you out and brought you out. That ought to create a perfect love. Look what you were. And look what you are. What did that? Somebody that loves you. Can't you have faith in what he's promised you then? Real genuine love will create a confidence in his word. He caught me when I was nothing. I'm still nothing. But I'm in his hands. He caught me. And he loved me when I was unlovable. He loved you when he was unlovable. But he changed you. It's like the colored sister said that time in her testimony. She said, I'm, I'm not what I ought to be, and I'm not what I want to be. And then I'm not what I used to be. She Amen. knows she'd come somewhere. Amen. Something happened. And that's the way it is. If God, when I was an alien from him, so loved me till he stooped down to get me and picked me up, that gives me confidence that he wants to use me. He's got a purpose in doing it. He's seen something in me. He's seen something in you. He had a reason to save you. Look at the people don't save today. Look at the men who seek to tuck beside you. But he took you. Amen. No one can take your place. Amen. You're God's economy. No one can do it. That's his love to you. Then won't your love reach right back to him? And there's a love affair. No matter what the situation is, it's circumstances is governed by this love and creates faith. Amen. That God loves you and you love God and you love one another and, and that brings the faith. All right. Then it can't, it can't keep from uh, uh, bringing out just exactly what God promised it would do. Now watch. Perfect faith is pure. Just as pure as love is. See? Now when you love somebody and you, got, you love your husband, or you love your wife. Now there's no need of anybody telling you you don't do it. Because you do do it. And you know you do it. Now if I ask you, uh, how can you, you prove you do it? Well I prove it by the way I live to it. See? I'm a true honest wife. I'm a loyal honest husband. And that proves to me that I, that I love my wife or I love my husband. See? Uh, your life proves what you are. The same thing Christianity does. Amen. See? Your faith, you have confidence in one another. It's pure. And it's something real that you can't show it to somebody else, yet you've got it. And your actions prove it. And when you got pure, unadulterated faith, like your love is to your companions, then you prove it by the way you act. Amen. Amen. You ain't complaining no more. You know, it's done. You just walk 
along. No matter what the thing looks like, what anybody else says, you know what's happened. You know that it's finished. Just as well as you know you love your husband. As well as you know you love... See, love and faith has to go together. They're kin folks. They love. Love produces faith. When Satan tempts us, we are to resist him in a perfect faith, in a perfect word, like Jesus did. The word of God is perfect. We're to have perfect faith in this perfect word and resist faith. I will hurry just as quick as you can. By his faith, in his word, we be conquered. We can conquer anything, both death, hell, and the grave. We know that God is God. That perfect faith in God's perfect word, he conquered everything that he come in contact with. Death could not even stand in his presence. Sickness could not stand in his presence. Flowing from him is like rivers of virtue going out constantly. Virtue going from his garments. These people laid in his shadow, stepped, put their finger on his garments and was healed. When that woman down there, then everybody wanted to touch his garment. Because they see that there was virtue going from him constantly. Flowed like rivers. There he was, walking, walking in a word of perfect faith, because he was the word. And now, if he abides me through him, he brought the word to you. And my words abide in you, then walk in the same kind of a way. Virtues flowing from you. The rivers of God's fountains of blessing just flowing out to the people. See what I mean? And you're not bluffing it. You're not imagining it. It's actually taking place. And you see it. You just imagine that don't do any good. But if it's really there, it really happened. Now notice. See? By it, when he stood, and he said, If you destroy this body, this temple, I'll raise it up again in three days. Why? He was just as satisfied he'd do that because the scripture said that he won't do it. The Messiah, I'll not leave his soul in hell until I suffer my holy one to see corruption. A prophet who the word comes to, had said that would happen, and he knew he was that person. Yeah. And when the Jesus himself said the prayer of faith shall save the sick, or they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, if you must have the same perfect confidence that when hands are laid on me, I shall recover. Because yeah. yeah. he said so. Yeah. He said you destroy this body. And I'll raise it up because he knew he was the Messiah. I'll not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. He knew he was the Holy One. Neither will I leave his soul in hell. He didn't. He knew he'd do it. He had confidence that he was there to conquer both death and hell. He said, destroy it if you wish to. I'll raise it back again in three days. Oh, my. Well, I have power to lay my life down or I have power to take it up again. He knew who he was. You're a Christian. You have rights to any redemptive blessing that Jesus died for you. It's all yours. It's already paid for. You just have to believe it. Not imagine it, but believe it. And know that it's yours. And you can accept it. Oh, that's a conquering faith. No. Uh, he knew it would happen before he could predict that it would happen because he knew it would happen. And whatever he predicted comes to pass. Now watch Whatever he said, God honored what he said. Think of that. Whatever Jesus said, God brought it to pass. So you know his words were God's words. Now look, 
the same scripture comes right back into us again. If ye say to this mountain, Oh, my. I, I just let that soak you still there, because we're going to have a prayer. We'll dismiss the congregation to pray for the same. <laughs> the ones that want to have to go. Look. He knew that he pleased God. He knew that there was nothing on his life. God had already testified, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. It's the day of his baptism. I'm pleased to make my abode in here. There's no condemnation to him at all. Now when the same God comes to you and is pleased to dwell in you, pleased to honor your word, what your decision is, what was Joshua's decision? Stand still, son! And he stood there. Amen. Amen. Sure. What was Moses' decision? Have it stick on a, a river like that and call for it to open and open. See, whatever you ask, and if you stay to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt. See, in your heart, but believe that what you've said will come to pass, you can have what you say. That puts you back in the Word. Now, that's not skim milk. It puts you back. I know it goes jumps right over top of you, see, because it can't anchor. But real genuine faith catches that right now. I've seen it, friends. Here's this Bible laying open before me. I've seen it happen. And I know it's the truth. I know God in heaven knows that I might not live through to finish this message. But I, I know that it happened. I've seen it myself. I'm a witness of that word being fulfilled. And I know it is the truth. Say it! And stand there and see the Creator bring a living creature into existence right in presence of your eyes. You shake your head and wonder. And then look around and see Him bring another one just exactly like it. Because you said so. And turn over here and say there will be another one there. And look, and there it is. Wow. Now that's the truth. Amen. Oh, where should we be? There is perfect faith. No vision. Just speak the word. Never saw the squirrels. He just said the scripture, what it was, and speak it. And don't doubt it. But what you say, it will be there. And I took God at his word and it was there. And I tried that's just as powerful and friends as your pastor. That's just as powerful as it was when Joshua stopped the sun. Because the sun was already there. The elements was moving and he stopped the movement. But this he brought something there that wasn't there. Amen. He created. Amen. I'm so glad to be acquainted with a God that can take the dust of the earth someday without anything and call me back to life again. Amen. After it's been planted in the grave. Oh my. There it is. My faith looks up to thee. Thou Lamb of Calvary. Amen. You say and don't doubt, but believe that what you said, you shall have what you said. See. Believe that it happened. David in the Psalms spoke of it. And with it, he took his power and he ministered to others. Not only did he keep it to himself, but he ministered to others by it. Also, 
saved others even to the uttermost, and he can do the same thing now. And promise the same faith to the believers in his word. In John, uh, John 14, 12, he said, so in Mark 16, and also in Mark 11, 23, we just read. Now what? Now he has appeared to us in the same form that he did to them in the Old Testament, and in the same as it is in the New Testament, and showed by the same word, the same Christ. And I declare to you that Christ is the Holy Ghost. The, the word Christ means the anointed one. Just the person that's anointed, that is the Christ. The anointed one. How many knows that's true? That's the uh, The anointed one. There would be a man that would be anointed. Anointed with what? The Bible says in Acts 2 that Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost, went about us and done great works and things. And God manifested through that he was in this man. And now we become anointed with that same spirit. Anointed. Messiah. Messiah of the last days. To shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To show that he is not dead. But in the form of the Holy Ghost, he's in his people. Moving among his bride with a love affair to her. Pouring out into her himself. They are becoming one for the wedding. And the same sign promised by the same God in the same word is making the same manifestation. There's nothing left for us to do but believe it. And believe it, it's a substance. And that creates a perfect faith. Just think how, how numb we are. Just think of that just a minute. Now let's see. Has he done all things well? Has he ever told us anything but what happened just exactly the way he said? Hasn't he performed and hasn't a great pillar of fire been among us and done just exactly like he promised to do? Haven't we seen it? Haven't science taken it? Haven't been predicted what would happen? Go right there and have it, even in the papers and magazines, pack it right back and show it when it's told you months before it happened. Yeah. Hasn't he done just exactly the way he did in the Old Testament yeah. and the New Amen. Testament? And just exactly the same yeah. one? Amen. The same Holy Spirit comes as the discerner and the Word of God, which is quicker and sharper than a two-edged sword, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the yeah. heart. Isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't that the same God? Now that same one, it's not a stranger off somewhere else, he's here. Amen. He sure does this to create a perfect faith. I feel him. I know he's here now. I know that his spirit is here. I know that he knows all things. Amen. Amen. And I know he wants to, to do something, he's been doing something to, to create this perfection of faith in the people. Yeah. Or we go to walk into eternity like it was in the days of Noah, they so say. Yep. Are we going to come like Lot with three out of Sodom? Yep. Are we going to come like in the days of John the Baptist with six believers? Let us believe. Yep. For his works is perfect. They're manifested daily and perfectly before us, showing that he is the word. 
the Word. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, said the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, of, of, and he, uh, even a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Think of that. The Word of God is that, a discerner of the intents of the heart. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and of spirit and of the joints and of the mind, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word made flesh. Hallelujah! Amen. A word operating in human flesh by physical signs, by material signs, by scriptural signs, perfectly to bring to you a perfect faith for a perfect rapture. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee to know that, Lord, there is no one like Thee. And we put all our trust in Thee and Look, as David said, I will look, lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So, Lord, we do not rely on any of our own abilities or in all our own intelligence, but we look to Thee for provision, strength, guidance, and say, Father, may Your will be done in our lives, not our own. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. No!
You was woman. 